This is the Law Podcasting Podcast, where you learn how to use modern media to get your message out and more good clients to your law practice. Here's your host, Gordon Firemark. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode number 20 of the Law Podcasting Podcast. Gordon Firemark here, and this is the show where I bring you information about lawyers who podcast, the power of podcasting, uh, both to support and develop their businesses, even if they're not podcasting about the law, and just sort of generally about uh, lawyers who podcast. So my guest today is just one of those. Joe Patrice is uh, has a degree in economics and political science from my alma mater, the University of Oregon. Go Ducks! Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. And uh, his JD from NYU School of Law. Uh, Starting in 2001 or so, he worked as a litigator representing a variety of individuals and institutions and foreign sovereigns, foreign sovereigns in criminal and civil matters, uh, but left legal practice back in 2012 to pursue writing and contributed to numerous publications, including Above the Law, which he joined uh, as part of its full-time staff in 2013. Joe Patrice, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. And as I said, go Ducks. Yeah. Uh, so first off, tell our, for the listeners that don't know or aren't familiar with Above the Law generally, tell us a little bit about it and what the site is all about and that kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Above the Law is it, – it used to be that we would go under the phrase a legal tabloid. We've kind of backed off of that. But originally the purpose of the site was to kind of gather together that – that underbelly of the legal world that people didn't talk about. We had uh, law law school scams, layoffs, bonus reports, stuff like that that people weren't saying out loud but that everyone needed to know about the industry. The unsexy stuff. Exactly. (laughs) And we would make it – I mean there is definitely a sarcastic bent to the voice of Mm -hmm. the publication. So we've now branched out and we do more mainstream articles too. But there is always going to be at the heart – the uh, bad boys and girls of law. Okay, okay. And um, w- within the publication, so, so give a little example. So what does you tend to cover? I mean, you, uh, let me ask you this way. Do you have a specific beat? I don't. I do a lot of the technology writing to the extent we have tech stories, but mm-hmm. that's only because uh, compared to my colleagues, I don't think they would be ashamed of me saying that compared to my colleagues – I'm the tech one, but that doesn't make me a genius. But okay. it does mean that I know a few of the words that they may not. Uh, so I do a lot of the tech stuff. But otherwise, I it's we're up against deadlines a lot. So it's just what comes down the pipe. Uh, I write, write about uh, – uh, last thing I wrote about, I guess, was law schools. But it can be anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I think your, your previous answer sort of helps me get to this one. But you know, we're here to talk about podcasting in particular. Mm-hmm. And Above the Law has uh, – looks like a couple of podcasts. And yeah. uh, you seem to be the out front voice of the uh, the organization in those podcasting efforts. Uh, how did that come to be the case? Actually, when I joined, I had uh, I pitched them on maybe oh. they should branch into podcasting, and we had kind of an abortive attempt mm-hmm. uh, early on, largely because the format was difficult for us to work out whether mm-hmm. it was going to be everybody at once, all the editors. That was very difficult yeah. timing wise. Uh, I had had a podcast before I went to Above the Law. I had kind of a vanity project, sort of. We were doing a, a website I had called Recess Appointment. We were doing this political political podcast, which was essentially my friends and I took the conversations we would otherwise have at the bar about politics and just recorded ourselves. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it was, it was a lot of fun, but now we, you know, so when I came to above the law, I had that experience mm-hmm. and I said, we should get into that. 
And, you know, here and there we tried it and it didn't quite work. But what happened magically is the Legal Talk Network came to us recently and suggested that we partner. And after working with them, we've now done two episodes of a show called Thinking Like a Lawyer, Mm -hmm. which is Ellie Mistal, one of the other editors at Above the Law. It's our, our idea, which was... A lot of people talk about law proper. What we were going to do is bring on lawyers who have maybe niche practices, talk to them a little bit about their practice, but more importantly, talk about law of stuff that shouldn't be legal. We'll have a whole episode about legal ramifications of Game of Thrones coming up. You know, it's okay, cool. It's that kind of a talk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so when you, I'm going to ask this question sort of generally, so you, you you had pitched the idea of podcasting as a another media. Uh, yeah. outlet for the message from above the law. What was it that led you to do the recess appointment, the political one before that? What was Honestly, it was it was one of those situations where I just kind of wanted an outlet. It was around this time when I was winding down my work as a private practice lawyer, mm-hmm. which that decision more or less was looking at my loan statement and realizing, <laughs> "Oh my, I don't have to pay it anymore. Uh, <laughs> I don't have to do this." Oh. But as I was winding down, I just wanted to I wanted to have these conversations that I was having every week. Also, I had a few friends uh, who I usually talk to about that had moved Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. we wanted to stay in touch and it just became a, it was a good way to stay in touch to every Monday night we could all get online and complain about what was happening that week in the election cycle. This was during the election. I see. So did that then stop at some point or or just fade away or what's the? Honestly, we kept it going until until I started full-time at Above the Law. Ah, okay. Once I got full-time, it, it just various things, the time mm-hmm. kind of slipped away. But So when you started that one, did you do the techie stuff? You said you're the, you're the tech guy in the, among the staff at Above the Law. Was it you that got it set up and organized? How'd you go about that? Yep. Uh, well, I have, a, I have a Mac, so I use GarageBand mm-hmm. for my personal stuff. I bought myself a Blue Snowball, kind of the classic <laughs> podcasting microphone. And through it all together, I uh, taught myself through the great tutorials that they have for mm-hmm. Apple how to edit. Uh, my friends who were out of town, we would pipe in through Skype and run them into a track. And I learned how to edit and mix. And next thing I knew, I had a, an admittedly amateur but a working podcast. Threw it up on iTunes, and away we went. And it was called Recess Appointment? It, yeah, it was called Recess Appointment, which at the time I was trying to do kind of a fun, yeah. lovey, yeah. So, hmm. is it still available? Can people go out and find it? You know, I, I'll bet it is. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't gone back to look because it was news topics, so I sure. didn't really. It might not be all that timely, but if you want to hear what we thought about Mitt Romney circa middle of the election, you well, could find out. We're coming up on another election year, so <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> the candidates are starting to announce. So who knows what perspectives may be useful down the line? Um, so. Um, Shifting over now to the above the law, uh, was there – so you, you had started some, as you said, abortive attempts. Was that also a do-it-yourself, roll-your-own kind of an approach or how did they go about doing that? Yeah, I was doing those the same way I was doing recess appointment and mm-hmm. we intended to get together but we couldn't quite work out what we wanted to do. What, one idea was to just basically have how the sausage is made, mm-hmm. like just talk – the inside the room above the law of work, which are hilarious conversations. The problem is a lot of those conversations happen online. Mm-hmm. We are not often in the same room. And to the extent we are, we're busy. So yeah. that kind of fell apart. Mm-hmm. And then we tried to have short 
programmatic discussions, but with all four hosts wanting to talk, it, yeah. it, it became a mess. So that's why the current system, thinking like lawyer, which the tech stuff is now handled by legal talk, and we have just me and Ellie and a guest. And that works much, much better as far as keeping a tight program. Mm-hmm. Talk more about the format and the style of the show. Yeah, well, it is it is still somewhat in development. We just recorded our third episode yesterday, I okay. think. So it'll be out sometime next week. What we what we basically do is we come in, banter with each other mm-hmm. about life in general. Usually he and I will have some sort of what's grinding our gears talk about the news for maybe a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Then we'll bring in a guest and we'll talk to them about what they do mm-hmm. and some serious issues in the field of law that they're in. And then we transition into something ridiculous. To give an example. <laughs> uh, the last episode we just recorded was with Ryan Morrison, who's known as online circles as the video game attorney. He yeah. represents game developers. Mm-hmm. So we brought him on. We talked about his practice. We talked about some of the censorship issues with, uh, you know, Apple being able to censor games that mm-hmm. people can get on their phones, so on and so forth. We talked through those issues and then we transitioned into Ellie. Ellie wanted to talk about the video game Destiny and how in that game, aren't we really committing genocide against those poor aliens? And we talked about international human rights laws and so on and so forth. That's great. I love it. Okay. And, and it's an hour-long format or shorter? What? It's about 35 okay. minutes is our, is mm-hmm. our magic window. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so – I want to talk a little bit about the Legal Talk Network and how that works. Not not so much from a deal standpoint, but just sort of. So they handle the tech. So so give me an, a, a picture of the workflow. Yeah. So we will schedule our guests mm-hmm. some time while work out with them, and then we'll talk to our producer at Legal Talk. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, that works. The times that are available all work. It is somewhat like herding cats always to get mm-hmm. everybody on the line, especially people in different time zones. But when it all comes together. We all get on the same Skype discussion, mm-hmm. and then we record, and there's a, our producer is on the line usually, and our engineer is there. Mm-hmm. And the engineer just makes sure everybody's coming through right. Uh, yeah. We have a, kind of a setup at our, at our office with mm-hmm. – uh, I'm using the snowball here because I'm actually in my house yeah. now, which is where I work most Fridays, mm-hmm. but – at the office, we have some like real heavy-duty Sure microphones and mm-hmm. everything. So we use those, and the engineer will give us the heads up if something's not going right. And by the time it ends, the episode, we'll send – I'll usually record my track mm-hmm. on GarageBand 2 just mm-hmm. so there's a backup. Send it in, and they usually take about a week to do all the processing and editing, and mm-hmm. then it comes out. Okay, interesting. And uh, – um so what was the attraction of doing it that way rather than pressing record in your own office and publishing that? I mean, in some ways it was, it was the opportunity just came to us. Okay. But if I were to really think it through, it's, it's definitely a dream to not have to, you know, there's two aspects of it. One, it's a dream not having to spend the two or three hours doing my own editing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was time that I was basically not writing because I had to do that. Now that's handled by other folks, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they do a great job because they're professionals. So yeah. that's also great. But the other half of it that I think is great, is useful, is it's almost like it's almost like you get yourself a membership to the gym. Not that you couldn't work out on your own, but you have that membership. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it forces you. Having to work with uh, – The producer is your personal today, trainer I, equivalent. Like, yeah, I got to actually go do this today. So that does help get us motivated. Got it. Got it. And how often are you recording it? 
so far, it's again, it's early, mm-hmm. but our goal is to try and do one every couple of weeks. I see. Okay. Okay. Again, so it's a lot about the scheduling and and booking. Do you do you do you guys handle the booking of who's the guests, or does the producer take care of some of that? So far, I've handled all the booking. Uh, our producer has graciously volunteered to mm-hmm. find folks, but I and I. Sure, one of these days I'll take them up on it. But so far, things have been falling into our laps. What we want to do, Ellie and I will talk about. We want to do a show on, say, video games. And Ryan was right there, and I was like, perfect. Uh, our first episode was about sports and gambling, and we had a guy who writes a column for us actually on ATL Redline, which mm-hmm. is a separate website that's under the AT above the law brand. Yeah. Uh, he writes a sports column, used to be a reporter in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. so we had him on to talk about gambling and such. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it, it's just been a natural, everybody we want to talk to is right there. But someday soon, I'm sure we'll need some help. Well, you've got the LTN family of other other folks that do podcasts on Legal Talk and, Network as well. So Absolutely, and we have done a little bit of cross-pollination. Yeah. I've definitely been on some of their shows already. Yeah, so they, they sort of operate more in the traditional old media model of things though, like a radio station almost. And in, in oh, yeah. Ways. Yeah. So, um, what about prep? How, how much time do you spend prepping for the episodes? That's, that's varied mm-hmm. so far. What I've been doing is spending about a couple hours personally, not counting booking stuff, yeah, yeah. but once I get the people booked, mm-hmm. I'll usually take the evening before to really sit down, figure out what I want to ask, mm-hmm. what they've done, uh, make sure I'm caught up on anything that they've written lately, stuff like that. But um, I don't think Ellie would be embarrassed if I said he does almost no prep. Uh, he kind <laughs> of – and it's part of his his whole uh, approach. He yeah. likes being spontaneous and off the cuff. He relies on me to mm-hmm. do all that because then he's going to be – there is kind of a Apollo Dionysus effort there. I'm the one who's worked it out. He will loudly proclaim things from the rooftop. I think that's a, a pretty common dynamic between co-hosts of shows generally, but also you know in the in the old school radio, you know the morning zoo guys, <laughs> those yeah. kinds of things. Uh, not that I'm accusing you guys of being uh, zoo inmates or anything. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were doing. Um, when you were still practicing law and doing your political one, did you had you given thought to how it might be useful in marketing, or was it you were already in decision making mode on on the end of the practice? Yeah, I, at the time I was more having the conversation, but I mm-hmm. I had a blog that I was writing for this by the same name, and I had this podcast. Mm-hmm. It was all just me kind of putting out there and building really a portfolio because I had I had as I said just come from being a lawyer for ten years. Sure. And I was trying to get into this world of writing, and at the end of the day, you kind of have to build up, yeah. build up some chops. And so it was all part of a learning how the media game works. And I just took doing the podcast. I mean, it was fun, but it was also an opportunity for me to just learn how radio operates sure. on my own. You know, <laughs> right? Did, had, when you were in the firms, did you encounter pushback on your blogging and other stuff? I mean, is that was that an issue, or uh, did they care? Uh, I, it was not an issue. I had no issues. I actually wasn't doing it when I was first at Cleary, but he, even at Lankler, Siffer, and Wool, there was no real pushback. Uh, very kind of open. I wasn't really talking about stuff that would directly implicate mm-hmm. uh, any of my work, so that helped too. Because I'm just thinking just, of a, a political show. You never know who's going to get yeah. their nose out of joint. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, we were doing mostly white collar criminal defense at that point. So okay. me talking about tax policy 
was not really in a, you know getting too close to the to the fire. I'll save my snarky remarks on that subject. <laughs> 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 anyway, um, do you think podcasting, I mean, you're not using it as a marketing tool in, in, in your practice cause you're not in a practice, but is it, do you think it's an effective medium for that kind of thing for lawyers? I do think it's an effective medium for lawyers. I think anything that puts at this point where there's kind of a, where the, the web is such a, uh, mm-hmm. massive, massive home to try and carve yourself out a little bit of brand in mm-hmm. and anything that you can do to put yourself as a lawyer out there, I think is is helpful. Uh, and actually, we use it for marketing, too. I mean, I even though we are a big media in the legal mm-hmm, space mm-hmm. outlet, being able to show, in particular for Ellie and I, we both do media hits, and it really is helpful to when people are looking to book somebody to know, oh, this is a person who can go on on the air and not sound crazy. Right. Or or we can if that's what they want, but they can hear what we and get and get a feel for what we do. So that's useful for us. Mm-hmm. You have any? I mean, this is a relatively young podcast, but but your previous show you did a number of episodes. Any favorite moments that you can describe? And and I'd like to hear the worst nightmares too. Huh. Yeah, um, favorite moments aside from just just being able to do it and talk to friends of mine. Sure, uh, always. My favorite moments actually the, from the recent one. This isn't really like one moment, but it's indicative of my favorite things, which is listening to Ellie make a long, impassioned argument about something, and then there'd be dead air as I say, yeah, but that's absolutely not true. And like just because he's not done the research. And uh-huh. that, that, that laugh moment that our, it brings our guest always mm-hmm. gets involved in that. It's, it's a wonderful like back and forth because it, it's what breaks the ice in a lot of ways because that'll happen before we go into our interviews. Those moments are the best because mm-hmm. the it it cools everything down. Uh, as far as the worst nightmare with the old podcast, I remember we had a particularly good episode. It was jobs reports were out, and it was we were going off about all sorts of things. The debates were about to begin, and it was a great episode. And I started the next morning to piece it together, and my guest who was in D.C. who was calling in mm-hmm. that track just didn't record. Oh. The whole track was gone. That whole episode became a wash. It was so sad because I remember, and pr- part of this is probably nostalgic thinking. I, I want it to be as better. Uh, it probably wasn't as good as I thought it was, but I really deep down thought, why did my best episode get ruined? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've had a similar situation where the just you know one button didn't get pushed right, and yep. it was recording in the room and instead of through my mixer and uh, my co-host – you could hear her through my headphones bleeding into the, <laughs> that was about it. Oh man. Um, so starting out a new podcast, what, what, what advice, what would you recommend to somebody who's thinking about it? What do you, uh, you know, as someone who did it yourself the first time? I think the first thing I would say is just go out there and do it. Uh, there's a, you can get really tripped up trying to find the perfect format to work out exactly all the kinks, all that stuff. Just don't even worry about it. Just go start doing it because you're never going to be good at it until you've put a few, uh, put a few in the can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just get started. Every but every podcast you ever listen to, there will eventually be a time 
100 episodes on where the two hosts will be chatting about how no one should listen to their first 10 podcasts. <laughs> and, and it's true because they're always going to be when things are a mess. And you feel good about them now, but like you look back and you're always like, how did we make so many mistakes? So just go ahead and do it because it's never going to be perfect till you get them in the can. Well, it's just, I mean, you know, ever thought about going back and reading the very first pleading you ever filed with a court? <laughs> exactly, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, what else, what haven't I asked you that you think would be useful and inform- informative here? Um, huh. That's a good question. Cause I, I hadn't even thought about that. Um, <laughs> that's why I asked it. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. I, I don't know as though there's anything that you haven't really covered here. I think I mean, if I were to ask, I would, I would say what, what one piece of advice based on what you've heard me say, what do you think? Uh, what do you think I've, you know, got differently than you? <laughs> well, I mean, you, you, in a sense, you're you're living the dream of not practicing law anymore. <laughs> yeah, <for real. laughs> and I, you know, there are a lot of lawyers out there who love what they do, and my, myself included. I love helping my yep. clients and that kind of thing. But uh, there is something uh, enticing about the idea of of being one's own person for yeah. in a different way. I mean, I guess when you have you're on a staff and you've got bosses and people to answer to in some sense, but you know, you, you write what you want to write about. It sounds like there's some assignment going on, I presume, but yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, let's take this in another room. What, what are you reading right now? What am I reading right now? Actually, it's incredibly boring, but I'm reading a lot about treaties. Uh, the reason is I, my side gig, in addition to working above the law mm-hmm. and doing this podcast and yada yada, I'm actually the debate coach at West Point. Oh, so uh, the we're in the season is over. We're in that period of trying to work out what next year's topic will be. Mm-hmm. And I, I go go to the topic committee meetings and stuff. I've been the president of the national organization in the past and stuff. So I'm working on getting together a proposed topic based on international treaties. So right now it's a lot of, a lot of fairly mind numbing, but I, you know, fun law review articles about treaties. Okay. Interesting. Any big surprises among what you've read and reading so far? No, not really. We did a treaties topic about, God, it must have been 2002, 2003. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the literature, it's, it, I knew what was going on. It was mostly just catching up on what's happened in the last 12 years. Gotcha. Well, you know, I'm, I'm sort of targeted at the, the lawyers that are podcasting for their practices. So Yeah, uh, if- I definitely am a big proponent of people doing that. Mm-hmm. Actually, we had a conference uh, a year ago. We did another one this year that was on a different subject. But a year ago that was just reaching out to lawyers who blog and – Part of that was talking about the technology that you need to be a good blogger, but also the tech you need to get yourself out there in other ways. And I did talk about podcasting. Yeah. I mean, my personal feeling is that it's a powerful medium because I think it's easier than blogging in in some sense. Easier than writing because, uh, as you can hear, (laughs) you don't worry about what you just said. You worry about what you're saying next and, and, uh, you know, you you get your thoughts out in a way that it's done. And, um, uh, it can be engaging. You get a sense of people's personalities in a way that comes across in writing too sometimes, but uh, it's different. Uh, there's a different level of understanding, I guess, with podcasting. I think they're all good tools, of course. Um, I'm also a big proponent of uh, doing video as a as a way of getting the word out about oneself and one's practice and things. Are you guys doing any video at, at uh, Buffalo? 
You know, we don't do any video. We have, or, or at least not as a regular thing. We put up, if other people have videos, we will link to them. But one mm-hmm. thing we've discovered, which is, you know, a little counterintuitive, because in the media space, everybody's, it's video, 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 that's the whole thing. Our readers aren't big video fans. And I think our theory, uh, trying to work that out of why those posts don't do particularly well, is that. I think a lot of our readers are sitting at their desk in an office where they don't necessarily want to broadcast to the world that they're <laughs> that they're reading above the law. And that when you see the word video, you're like, "Oh no, that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna out me as a reader." So I think that's why people avoid it. Got it. So this is the uh, the work diversion uh, model of things. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Um, Okay. What else? So what do you do? Well, you, you mentioned the debate stuff, but that's still a job job. What do you do for fun? Um, yeah, it, it is a job job though. It is what I largely do for fun. Um, uh, it's, I kind of stuck with it over the years, largely because I actually went as a lawyer, I needed it to have another intellectual pursuit that wasn't mind numbing document review or something like that. Mm Uh, I also, I do, uh, I, I'm, a big sports fan, obviously, our Ducks, mm-hmm. uh, prime, first and foremost. And I, take, I try and carve out as much as I can time to watch those, usually in a communal space. I, I'm not one of these guys who wants to sit and watch sports at home alone. I like to be out with people, yeah. uh, that communal experience. So I try for fun to get out and watch, watch sports, watch, uh, just, com- just talk to people. Mm-hmm. So what's next at Above the Law? What, what's going to be coming down the pipe that folks can look forward to. Actually, we do have a big announcement that's coming out a week from Monday. Uh, we will be adding a new writer. Oh. So that's the that's the big thing on the horizon. We're expanding out, trying to get a new writer, get some more content. It's going to be someone who the readers, I, I don't know if we're in a position to say yet, but it's somebody the readers know. It's been a columnist for oh. us for a while, mm-hmm. but uh, but they've been a columnist under a pseudonym. So it's going to be their coming out party as their real name. I have my suspicions. <laughs> so how big a staff is it at, at Buffalo? Yeah, there's uh, four full-time editors, mm-hmm. and that's kind of – it's kind of complicated by mm-hmm. the existence of Redline, which is our kind of more consumer-facing, mm-hmm. like non-lawyer legal news, which Ellie runs almost exclusively. Mm-hmm. So it's really three of us, and Ellie's kind of – living straddling both worlds Mm -hmm. so soon we will add our new our new writer and then that's it for writers then we have a series of columnists Mm -hmm. that we bring on from time to time we have a couple of people who work in our sales team we have a couple people who are our research team Mm -hmm. we've branched a couple years ago into providing our own version of law school rankings and now law firm rankings to compete with the uh the U.S. news is of the world and vaults. And so we have a research team who crunches the numbers for that. And then we have a tech support person and branding. And we're actually part of a company that owns multiple other blogs, too. So we have in our office, whenever we go in, we do have people sitting around us who work on other things as varied as energy policy to fashion. Hmm. Very interesting. Okay. So, um, how can where's the the blog and the podcast found? It's above the law.com. Above the law.com. The podcast is on the Legal Talk Network and it's also available on iTunes, which is our preferred. Everyone subscribe on iTunes. It mm-hmm. helps us out. Uh, that is Thinking Like a Lawyer. And it's up there now. 
And also, I should say, in addition to AboveTheLaw.com, which is the main site, Mm -hmm. there is ATL Redline, which is the consumer-facing site. But it's a place where you can see Ellie's daily rants. And so that's always fun, no matter (laughs) whether you're a lawyer or not. Very good, very good. Well, this has been a terrific interview, and and I've learned a great deal about uh, the – legal media side of things for you know those of us that aren't uh, for those that aren't in the direct practice of law but keeping the law community sort of the audience um, I think the listeners have gotten a lot out of it as well and I'm very grateful thank you so much for joining us thank you mu- so much go ducks how can listeners get a hold of you uh, listeners can get a hold of me in a bunch of ways I'm Joe at above the law.com I am at Joseph Patrice on Twitter uh, I have you know, there, there's the various uh, – what else is there? Those are the two big <laughs> Those ones. Those are the big ones, okay. LinkedIn? Yeah. Yes, yes. That's, a, that's the other thing. LinkedIn and, yeah, any of those work. Uh, there's obviously the comments at Above the Law, though I don't know why anybody would ever go into those because uh, our commenters are – I mean, they make Reddit look very nice and polite. So maybe really? you want to just email That might be me. fun oh, yeah. to watch, actually. Yeah. Sometimes it is. <laughs> Sometimes they are fun. Sometimes they are just mean-spirited for mean-spirited sake. I see. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks also to the listeners. Um, I hope you'll take a moment, if you if you like the show, to uh, uh, to let us know. If you don't like the show, your comments and suggestions and, and an honest review in the iTunes store are all very, very welcome. And that's going to about wrap it up for this episode of the Law Podcasting Podcast. If you are interested in podcasting for your own practice, please visit lawpodcasting.com. We have a resource guide and uh, a series of of uh, videos, instructional videos coming out real soon. And I look forward to talking to you soon. And until next time, keep podcasting.